Hey, I'm Andy. If you don't know me, it's probably because I'm not famous. But I did start a men's grooming company called Harry's. The idea for Harry's came out of a frustrating experience I had buying razor blades. Most brands were overpriced, overdesigned, and out of touch. At Harry's, our approach is simple. Here's our secret. We make sharp, durable blades and sell them at honest prices for as low as $2 each. We care about quality so much that we do some crazy things, like buy a world-class German blade factory. Obsessing over every detail means we're confident in offering a 100% quality guarantee. Millions of guys have already made the switch to Harry's, so thank you if you're one of them. And if you're not, we hope you give us a try with this special offer. Get a Harry starter set with a five-blade razor, weighted handle, shave gel, and a travel cover. All for just three bucks, plus free shipping. Just go to harrys.com and enter 5000 at checkout. That's harrys.com, code 5000. Enjoy! heard from them in yeah, a long time. Yeah, I know. It's been almost almost three years since their album came out. I feel like we've started a podcast like this before, talking about 21 Pilots. We definitely have not. I know for a fact that we have. Well, if you're a new listener, because apparently if you're an old listener, you've heard this conversation before. If you're a new listener, eh, probably not. if you just go to the 21 Pilots page on Spotify and start with the top hits, banger after banger after oh, yeah. banger, it's my favorite top hits to play on spotify uh consecutive songs like the order that it's in it's it just it's all it's all everything that's good about the world <laughs> they've only they've i mean they have such a they don't have a lot of music for the length of their career even though their career is relatively short just in the current landscape of music it just seems like they should have had more music they've only gotten better though because i think their first album it only had two songs that I liked, but man, did I like those songs. Um, uh, Trees was a good song, and then Car Radio. And then on the most recent album they did, Blurry Face. There was like five or six songs that I really liked. Not a big fan of the full album. Um, then they did that Suicide uh, Squad song. Squad Heathens. song, yeah. Um, what's the song? Um, one of my favorite songs by them. Actually, I don't know which album it's on because, again, I'm just listening to the hits. But... Um, uh, something with gold, and it's an acoustic song. I don't know. Like, it sounds like a Jack Johnson kind of thing. Yeah, I think that top. might I think that might be on Blurry Face. Okay, yeah. that song is really really good. Yeah, I mean, they asked me, I've told people, I've told people that uh, House of Gold is what it's called. Told people that I would totally go see them live, even though I'm not like a massive massive fan of them. Um, but yeah, we should be hearing something from them. They owe us an album. They put a lot into their music, though. They have the a little bit of the bring me the horizon about them in the sense that, like, their music is there's a lot going on in their songs, a lot of production, and this stuff takes time. Um, 
But yeah, why are we why are we starting off with music? This isn't a, a music segment. I was I was rapping. Yeah, you were humming the words. I was rapping before we hit play. You want to know who the singer of Dead Poetic uh, designs all their stuff? He's like their art director, essentially. You want to know who does not get the Ryan Snelling musical algorithm? Was it Brando the other day when he was trying to figure it out? Sight and Sound Facebook group admin Luke Jaggers. Oh, really? He has no idea what registers on my algorithm. Did he recommend Vein to you? He recommended <laughs> recommend uh, Death Grips? Amity Affliction. No. And there was like, there was some, actually, to give him credit, there was some other song, whatever, that the, the band that sounds similar to Bring Me to the Horizon. Uh, oh, yeah. it, it took me back to middle school. Whatever that was. Yeah. It took me back to middle school was my response. So that's not the current algorithm, but I will give him some credit for that. But like Amity Affliction, I, do, I don't give a shit about them. There were there are a couple other things that basically tell me that he, he right. doesn't know it. He, he he's not there yet. It's been two years. Sight and sound's been a thing. You'd think that some of our listeners would get me by now. Yeah, it's it's interesting because I don't even necessarily think. Is it? I, I, well, I don't think he's. I don't think he's specifically <laughs> giving those bands to you because he thinks you're going to like them. I think he. Oh no, he says this registers on the album. Oh, is that what he said? Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're wrong, but the I think very he, little has registered on my algorithm this year from Luke Jackers. <laughs> well, in general, but yes, even less, yeah. even less so uh, when given Man, to me by Luke Jaggers. I've been talking about this uh, quite a bit lately, actually. People, you know, we're around the halfway mark. We are at the halfway mark of the year, and people are starting to ask me, you know, what what's your favorite this? What's your favorite that? What's the best hip hop album of the year? And I keep telling people, man, like most of my top 10 are going to be rock albums. Like without a doubt, we had, we had one to one this week that dropped that I is without a doubt, probably going to be in my top 10. And it's crazy because it's just not hitting with most people rock music. And I I don't know. I think we're going to talk about all this, but the, the hip hop stuff that's going on, I don't know. I, I said that thing to Evan DeGraff where he was like, this is, the, one of the most important times for rap and hip hop music. And I was like, actually, I don't know if that's really the case. Um, but I haven't heard from him. I haven't heard him debate me or anything like that. Why are people afraid to debate us about uh, our points of view sometimes? I don't know, but we haven't heard from him because we quit responding to the group chat. That's right. <laughs> that's right. That's true. To, like separate from each other like right. we didn't talk about it we just had both done it for our own reasons yeah i mean it's not it's uh, it's not for like one it's a, it's a big picture type of thing i think we listen our country is an absolute shit show right now okay i don't need other people to tell me that that's the case i don't need the news to tell me that's the case you can look anywhere and just realize that that's that's the fact Right. And there's very little there's very little that a lot of people can do about it and that's just being honest, right? That's just laying it laying it out. I mean, we can be we can be active in things, we can help spread the word about things, absolutely. But a lot of the conversation that happens online about these hot button issues are either a just armchair quarterbacking and trying to make sure that you have your say. Or it's just people, it's like what Brando said the other night, which most people aren't privy to this conversation. It's a lot of people just trying to do it. Selfishly. Selfishly, for themselves. 
I think so, and I'm probably guilty of that as well. But I think it's sort of innate. It's human nature. Ultimately, though, and I don't get to say this enough because I am bogged down with, like, all of this real shit that happens on a daily basis. Right. But I told you this uh, off air right before we hit record. Uh, I'm so sick of political correctness. And I'm not saying it because I'm not saying that because I want to be able to get away with racist comments or sexist comments. Because I was never really doing that anyway. Yes, I've made mistakes. Uh, with that kind of stuff for sure but i hate political correctness because i just want everybody to relax i just i'm so tired of everybody having something to say about everything don't do it i again i i am guilty of doing that but ultimately i hate that i'm triggered with that kind of stuff right um i i hate the past couple of years i just can't stand it and I talked about this off air too. I made a joke on afterthoughts this week and I thought, I thought it was clever. I thought it was funny. I could have, it might've been better as an SNL skit. I could have changed up the delivery, made it stronger for sure. But the premise was there. The joke I made on afterthoughts was, um, do you think in the Starbucks racial discrimination course, do you think they referred to black people as mocha and white people as vanilla? And, Brilliantly, you and I Skyped that podcast, so we did not see each other face-to-face. You reacted perfectly uh, to that joke, and I love you for it. Um, Well, thank you. And for the next 12 hours before I sent that thing, I thought about that joke over and over again. And ultimately, I always kept arriving to, oh, it's harmless, right? It's harmless, right? But I was still afraid that somebody would have a problem with it and say that it was racist of some kind. And I'm aware that it's not. Right. I was just scared to death to have something like that said out there. And I realized. Especially on, especially at a, on somebody else's kinda, land. I think that's actually probably the last thing I was thinking. Of. Okay. But uh, I, uh, I, I hated so much that I really had to think that hard about right. that joke. That isn't even racist. It just involved race. Yeah, well, a lot of that has to do with the bubbles that people find themselves in, right? I mean, if you are in a predominantly liberally-minded bubble, then, yeah, you're going to be afraid of what you do and what you say. Right. Because, you know, listen, I have have liberal principles that I believe in, but one of the core values of (laughs) liberalism is to put, you know, checks and balances in place. Um, if you were to go to a bubble that was more like stand-up comedy centric, if you listen to the Joe Rogan podcast all the time, they don't give a shit about that. Right. For the most part. Now there are some, so there are some things about political correctness and, and being aware of it that I think pushes us forward as a humanity and culture. Like for instance, I mean, people know this, but, we no longer just freely say the obscene word that people used to call gay people. Right. People still call gay people that, unfortunately. But it yeah. used to be just like, and I remember there was a time on Rogan's podcast where he would say it regularly, and then that time changed. Sure, and there was a moment where he was like trying to battle with himself, like I feel like I should be able to say, it. but eventually he kind of just realized, like, no, it's if it's hurting people's feelings, then I shouldn't do it. I go through that on time hop. 
I mean, yeah. my time hop goes back eight years, and I've looked at it, and I've examined some extremely questionable things, right. like things that um, I didn't even take the time to like justify it the way that mm-hmm. Rogan did. There were times when I was scrolling through my time hop, and I was like, why in the fuck did you say that? Right. Instant delete. <laughs> yeah. Um. So that that happens often, and when I say often, I mean like I, I might get a couple of those every year, yeah. and, and realize, man, I was really and saying things that were saying things are gay and people are gay. I mean, right. <laughs> I think everybody had that phase. Yeah. Uh. So I see some of that too, and I'm like, I get it. that's not what I meant by it, right? Because at the time it was just the word that we used, but yeah, but I never had an issue with. Uh, but anyway, it, it was just uh, yeah, that joke freaked me out. And I don't know why. Uh, well, I, th- I think the older I get, the more, and, and I think this is important. I, I've I've just become more empathetic over time, and it's not even necessarily like self censorship in the way I think you were describing. In the way that it's like, ooh, should I say this or should I not say this? It's not as much that. It's I'm just very conscious about how people feel and and i think that's important like i think that's a very important thing sure and it's um you know i'll I'll say whatever i i want to say it's not really a big deal but i just try to take into account other people's experience because i feel like if i do that it should it would at least be reciprocated for the most part and to bring it back around to why we're not participating in this group chat that we have um it, it comes down to the fact that Listen, I, I'm capable of curating my social media experience in the way that I can get on Instagram and be able to scroll through pictures without reading what's below it, right? It's easy just to navigate away from that. Um, on Twitter, it's a little bit easier, I think, to mitigate who says what or who you want to pay attention to, whether it's the avatar, you just know somebody's avatar or something like that. With Facebook, though, it's just a completely different experience. I cannot stand Facebook because it seems like the um, attitude on Facebook is just to regurgitate whatever it seems like whatever hot button issue is on your mind, or at least the my Facebook, it's like constantly people sure. are complaining about hot button issues or government stuff. And it's not that I don't think those conversations should be had. It's the fact that people put them out there not expecting to have a conversation. And, it's then the, when, and it's the least effective way to have one. Absolutely. It, it just kind of wanders and gets nowhere. Yeah. It, it, it's like putting up a billboard, but then getting mad that people come to your house to buy whatever it is you were trying to advertise. It's just like, yeah, what are we doing here? Um, there was a study done. I, I don't remember. The, I don't remember who did it, but basically they were analyzing. If you're a Democrat or Republican, they were basically analyzing your audience on social media. Yeah. When, you know, people might retweet things about Flint, Michigan or about the me too movement, things like that. When people do that, they're only staying inside their own bubble, statistics, statistically speaking. So it's for the echo chamber, for the thing. listener, yeah. just imagine a Venn diagram and you have two circles there. Uh, one is blue and one is red. And there's very, very little crossover in the middle that's purple. That signifies the bubbles that you stay in on social media. So 
I was thinking a lot about that too. And I think the reason why I'm so self-conscious is um, in a way I am judgmental about people that surround me because I live in Kentucky and I feel like I don't belong here based on the majority view that I share. But on the other side of it, when I go to Twitter and social media, because I'm in that blue circle, it's very liberal. I follow a lot of Hollywood, a lot of Hollywood people slash people that follow them also follow me. Right. So I'm inside my bubble. A lot of like-minded people of your age group yes. from the local area that we live. Yeah. So that's why I might be extra cautious to show any of my red circle. You know what I mean? Even if it right. meant even, and I'm not saying I'm not justifying being racist. I'm again the most light nothing thing, a joke about mocha and vanilla. Like I think that's part of why I was so freaked out by it. Because well, because my Twitter is the blue circle, who's probably very PC. Or well, I think the one of the most one of the most interesting discussions, and I don't want to even really dive into it whole like full on, but with I think in any other landscape, other than right now at this moment in time, yeah. If I were to present to you a a point to say, hey. Somebody you know stole something from me. If, if, or if you told, or let's say Kayla told me that, okay, such and such stole something from her. And then we automatically thought that person should be fired from their job. They should no longer be able to talk to people in the free world. They should no longer be able, they should be outcast from society. If we were to just base it on somebody telling us about something happened right. that happened it, the, there's no logic in that sounds a lot like what's happening with Chris Hardwick Jay well it sounds a lot like just in general what's happening with all the stuff that's going on with sexual harassment now logic has sort of been thrown out the window with a lot of this stuff but it's become a very strange black and white issue you know what i mean it's either you you believe or you don't believe when the thing that I've constantly said, even back when the stuff with um, Andy Signor came up, I've always said that the best thing about this time is that it's coming to light that these issues do happen and that we should take them really, really seriously. Like if somebody stole something from you, you should look into it. Yeah. Without a doubt. Absolutely. But it's just weird that you have to kind of mitigate your conversation online you can't just say, like, eh, I'm not quite sure. Depending on what circle you run in, you may get chastised for even that. You know, you might get run off of whatever for just saying, I don't know. Yeah. And it's a little bit weird. It is weird. Can we just join the gaming community instead? No. That's even that's even worse. I think it is. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's definitely worse. I was thinking a lot about, I mean, I had my days where I was all over Xbox Live, Call of Duty, right. playing multiplayer online. Those were the days, but uh, there's absolutely there, there's no discussion whatsoever amongst gamers about anything. Right. There's no conversations to be had. It's just constant trolling and shit talking. It's the worst of the worst on the internet. Yeah, and uh, yeah, that just came screaming back to me because I oh my god, I hated hated the human interactions involved in gaming. Yeah, I've uh, I've been watching um, 
this gaming stuff from afar, you know, listen to that E3 podcast from, from Collider and, and I was intrigued by it and man, it's just, it, it's so cool. Like I, I love the idea of games and I even told Kayla, I was like, should we plug the Xbox up in the living room just to have something to do? Like some sort of outlet, something different than what we already have going on. Like I talk about all the time. I like coming home. I like working on projects. I got off work early today. I came home and I did YouTube videos and I worked on music, but I'm still working. Yeah, I would like to have that release. Um, I remember when I had that release and it was very, very nice, but I've just got so many other things that I want to do. Jay, it's the summer of Snell and... Is it? What happened to the year? Do we're we, not... Was the how was, how was the first half of the quote-unquote year of the Snell? Uh, it was okay. Was it what you thought it was going to be? It was okay. I mean, some good stuff has happened. I think a lot of it It'd has be great to be... if we got that Brave the Storm EP. Yeah. It, that was it, supposed to be part of it. It would be great. It would be great if I could just enjoy any of it. <laughs> what? <laughs> like, on paper, on paper, the year of the snow is going great. Like, a lot of good stuff has happened, but I just haven't been able to enjoy it. And that's part of my problem. <laughs> so, uh, it, it's okay. It's okay. Year yeah. of the snow is okay. Um, yeah. I, I do you really honestly think oh yeah summer of snow what i was going to say now that we're not recapping legion i'm going to i'm going to relax a little bit i'm going to relax for a little while even though it's the worst time possible because you know it's the summer movie season adding that hey, one adding that one extra podcast even though it shouldn't be as much like we've really tried to streamline it we've made it shorter it is still the legion thing yeah the or, last or, few or, episodes or even were, counterpart like i think we made it shorter it's still just the one extra one is still so difficult to just get anything else done besides that 30-minute podcast we do. Well, that's what I was going to ask you. Do you honestly think your life will dramatically change if you hook up the Xbox again? Um, like, are you no, really not, not at all. I was going to say, so, so the, but, but you've stuck to this for like two years but the, that Xbox has been away. But the reason why is because like I – so the nothing nothing – that the Xbox gives me has anything in return, right? It's just it's just turning off my brain and doing something, which is fine. That's great. However, I also have something like that in my life right now, and that's music. Like I, I don't want anything out of music. Right. But I and I love making music. Like right now I've got like four potential projects that I want to work on. And that stresses me out a little bit. But Dude, that's like that's what gets me through the the days. Like seriously, <laughs> I tried to get out of work as quickly as possible today because all I was thinking about was making beats. But I also knew that I had to make YouTube videos too. So it was just like that was what was propelling me. And it used to be like that with FIFA in the past. I'd be like, man, I just want to go home and play FIFA. But I've replaced it with something, and it's a little bit more productive and it's creative there might come a day when i'm just like eh, i'm gonna take a break from music and i plug the xbox up but it's it's not right now so are we officially launching the patreon when you get back from vacation um i would think that was going to be the case i'm actually glad that you brought this up because i was thinking about this we've been talking about this for a while now yeah we just to hashtag transparency and get it out on the table part of the reason um, it hasn't, the trigger hasn't been pulled. It's both because we've both been very, very busy, but also because, listen, this is real. We were planning a Patreon 
well before this huge wave of other people were doing it. Right. And now this wave of other people have come and done it. We've like, I don't, I don't just want to be another person that's just throwing that up. You know, I, I mean, people will contribute to whatever they want to contribute, but we've also thought about other potential ideas. I, and I actually think that should be the first step. The things that we've talked about off air that are different to Patreon, but close enough to where people can support us and get extra content. Um, yeah, that's something that we could talk about off air, but we've just been thinking about different things. Well, you know that when you get back from vacation, it's time for me to go on vacation. Right. So maybe we should wait till after that. But Yeah, we'll figure some stuff out. Yeah. But um, there was something else I was going to add to that. Oh, I've been thinking about this too, and I sort of mentioned it to you off air. I think I love talking about pop culture stuff. It's the cornerstone of what we do and I think we're good at it. It's I I enjoy doing it for sure. I think more than ever right now, you and I could definitely use working on a project outside of that realm or maybe not necessarily outside of that realm but coming at it from a different perspective to get excited about because I remember when we started Sight and Sound, we were like so jazzed to do weekly every single week. Not that we're not now, but it's just become so routine that it's right. just something we kind of, we just do it. But it would be nice, I think, to have a project, whether it's like a seasonal thing and we do a handful of episodes, just a different vibe and a different feel to get really, really excited for again. Um, and maybe that's, I'm just saying that now because I need a vacation and you need a vacation. <laughs> but if I make, we may come back and be like, ah, we're not going to do that. But, <laughs> Um, what do you mean, like a series of shows that we've been thinking about doing? So, or just something completely new, like come up with something from scratch. Like, yeah, I've, MMA fight companion. I've got, I've got shows, I've got shows in the back of my mind that I want to execute. I right. know that you've got shows that you want to execute, but why not just come up with something completely fresh and new? Like, I don't know what it could be, but um, I don't know. Maybe that's something we could think about over time, and, sure. and not commit to anything long term. But um, that's a beauty of the seasonal stuff that we've been talking about for a long time it's just that you don't have to commit to it long term last thing i want to talk about unless you have anything else we we hung out with brando we did yeah and we didn't podcast i just wanted to even though i had all my equipment set up i just wanted to enjoy each other and it ended up just being about you two the entire time it's not no because he he was asking go back and listen to that after party there's very little Ryan Snelling. You're talking about the after party we did? I'm talking about both. We didn't do another after party. My point being, there was very little Ryan on that after party. He asked you and about... there he, was very little he Ryan. He talked about your love life for a very long time. Yes, I, that is the one thing we talked about. I was about. very intrigued by it. He asked me one question, and then it became about <laughs> these random people that you knew years ago that he also knew. That's no, right. news. <laughs> that he also knews. <laughs> Listen, we're the same age. We're both in long-term relationships. We both love music. What do you all have in common? I'm in a long-term relationship with myself. With your hand? I like music. Sometimes. Very specific music. Right. Um, I'm almost your age. Give me three years and I'll be your age. Wait, no. You, It'll you, always, yeah. You, all, you age with that, I'm sorry. Um. You all have no business being friends. <laughs> I think, would you agree? I think there was a time when me and Brando were closer than you and We've Brando. talked about this, of have course. 
Oh. He was well, never that. He was never supposed to be in my life. Well, I, I have that over you, but it, I guess it doesn't matter. Yeah. Because you all hit it off. That's true. Um, I will be making my return to Sight and Town Music after. Did he do a Sight and Town Music today? No, he texted me. He was like, hey, man, is it like I was his boss? He was like, hey, man, is it cool if I get the, the music episode on on Saturday? What do you think? I said. Yeah, I don't care. I said, yeah, it's not a big deal. In fact, if you just don't want to do it, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. Yeah. Um, no, he's been doing a great job, and I really, really appreciate it. Um, but I will be back. I miss it. I miss doing the show, which is what happens when you take a break. It's nice to have. Uh, it's nice to be able to do that with somebody else. You should find somebody for Town movies. <laughs> yeah, I, I thought I had somebody, but Indy. I was gonna do one uh, this week, um, but instead I plan to go see The Incredibles two with my family. Yeah, and can you it, do like a countdown, like top five or top ten movies with dogs in them? When I say family, I mean my mom, my nana, my aunt, and four, four uh, great grandkids, four cousins, toddlers, seven and younger, blah 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 toddler seven and younger um we walk up into my local theater and it was one o'clock and i got there first and i drove up i saw a school bus i said okay there's no this is not good right this is not good at all and then i waited to see if they were getting on or off the bus they got off the bus we get in line the 10 of us however many there were we walk up there ask for the tickets to the Incredibles 2 and they're sold out. Right. And my mom causes a, my mom causes a ruckus. Are you kidding me? Uh, <laughs> this should have two <laughs> theaters open. If you're going to schedule a field trip in the middle of the day, blah, 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 blah. Here we go. And uh, I had a movie pass, so I just hit cancel. And then I had to explain the movie, movie pass, pass thing. Because <laughs> I, I was just, I didn't care. Right. I didn't care. I was just like, okay, cancel. I'll just like, go back home. Yeah. <laughs> right. And, you didn't get a Lexington, did you? No. Okay. It was in my hometown. Right. Another reason why it shouldn't be sold out because it's not right. it's not Lexington. Um so then they decided to go back to my aunt's house to watch the first Incredibles and we were gonna wait till the next showing. So I sat there and watched the first Incredibles only because I had never seen it before. Really? And then, and then when that movie ended, I realized I didn't want to do it again. Just because I wasn't in the mood to watch another movie right after I finished right. one. So what did you think went, of the first Incredibles? It is not a kids' movie in any way. Really? It's it's not. I don't remember it. It's it's I've only animated. Seen it once. It's it's animated. Right. It's not a kids' movie. Um, which is crazy, and I know people. people why? Talk about, why is that? Again, it, I, I just it's so mature. Right. It's just so mature. There's like yeah. I guess there are some quick in the way that Marvel movie has quick jokes. It's like the same could be said about the animated movie has those quick right stuff for kids or facial like expression. a random poop sound or something right. like that. Or maybe a moment with Jack Jack as a baby is kind of, but when it comes to the meat of the film, it's, it's just very, very mature. And I, I get that there is always a level to that. I think that's what's really clever about most animated movies. Right, when you especially watch, Pixar. They're, they're for everybody. There's If you watch Shrek as a kid and you watch Shrek as an adult, the adult 
picks up on a lot right. of things that a kid will never pick up on. experience is very different, yeah. It, you, you hear dirty jokes that a kid will never pick up on in Shrek. But, so I get there's always a level to that, but I'm watching The Incredibles, and even more so, um, I don't think it's I don't think it's cleverly for adults. I just think it is for adults. Wow. And it's I, animated, and yeah, there's three kids, and one's a cartoon baby, but... It's, it's crazy. It's crazy how long ago that movie came out. Like, how long now? Uh, I think it was like 2004, I so, think, something like that. I, yeah, that makes sense because 14 years? I've only seen that once, and it was, I believe, my senior year spring break. Yeah. And I was down in Orlando, and all I remember was the experience, the whole trip, but especially, like, I think the experience of watching uh, that movie was a nightmare. I was with um, I was with John and Michael, my, yeah. my two lifelong best friends, and like it was just the worst spring break ever. We, on paper, we were going to Florida for spring break. Oh yeah, but what happened? One of these stories. But what happened was we went and stayed with <laughs> with his uh, cousin in Orlando. First of all, Orlando is nowhere near the beach, and I'm a senior, and uh, Michael's cousin and two friends came who were all girls and were, what's the best way I can put this? Uh, Sluts. The opposite. Like, super. Homebodies? Super nerdy, super <laughs> dorky. Like, God love them, but just. And. Chastity belts? Yeah. And, oh, <laughs> yeah. oh, and his. Uh, they his, were human chastity belts. His cousin belt. slash uncle uh, is in a wheelchair. Which is totally fine. I, um, <laughs> he is a mobile chastity belt. Yeah, uh, he's he's in a wheelchair, which is totally cool and fine. But it, when well, you, when you don't have a uh, when you don't have, first of all, I want anybody. I've always wanted to talk about somebody. <laughs> weird conversation. About, I've always wanted to talk about people in wheelchairs. On yeah, this me too. Podcast. Yeah, me too. Because I could, I can say so much, and people would be like. Where's this coming from with the wheelchairs with Jay? I've literally been around wheelchairs my entire life. My father, his whole, his business has been helping people in wheelchairs. It's just a part of my life. And I have a different perspective than most people probably Can would. Can you reword it. that? Because okay. I feel like you can't leave our audience with that. In what it way? It makes no sense. Uh, what part? My, my dad's entire job is helping people with wheelchairs. Yeah, so do, do better with that. So he he basically owns a company that uh, specializes in custom wheelchairs. So <laughs> everybody who like they can fly, they can hover. You're making some, it sound like pimp my ride, right? So they, have, <laughs> they have TVs that come out of the back. I mean, in a way, it kind of is, but in a, a little bit more of a depressing way. So <laughs> if you didn't know, not all people in wheelchairs are the same. That's true. What, some people have really fat butts. That's right. That's and, exactly right. And others don't. Or just their ailments require different things. Anyways, uh, with that being the case, not all wheelchairs are the same. And some have to have different parts and pieces and this and that. And that's what his job is. So, it's again, it's something that I've been around my whole life. Anyways, Michael's uh, relative was in a wheelchair, which is not a big deal. Obviously, I'm used to it. But it's a little... <laughs> It's not the same to be like, hey, we want to go here. We want to go there. I mean, when your dad, it's a thing. When your dad gets around anybody who's handicapped, does he turn into a used car salesman? 
God, no. <laughs> In fact, he's kind <laughs> that, of a prick. That's, that's who I want your dad to be. Yeah. No, I would no, no, love, not at all. I would love that. That sounds hilarious. No, I've seen him yell at somebody that he didn't even know because <laughs> they didn't have the right, like, thing. You know, if you don't get that fixed, your back's going to go out. Oh, that's even better. Oh, it's great. Yes. It's, oh, yes. Yeah. It's, when's the last time you changed the battery on the thing? I'm not coming to pick your ass up when it's raining in the middle oh, of the night. Oh, that's great. Yeah, it's great. It is fantastic. But anyways, uh, he does a lot of great stuff for people. <laughs> <Anyway>. <laughs> so, so yeah, it just it was just not a great trip. And yeah. um, I've talked about this before, but anytime, especially at that age, when your hormones are raging, and uh you know the 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 pool of females are it's slim pickings sometimes you just like i don't know your brain plays weird tricks and uh one of the girls there i was like i'm gonna try to go after this girl and when i got home i was like what am i doing this is it is- one of the chastity belts yes oh. i was like what is going on here why am i doing this I've this had that. Make sense. I've had that experience before, yeah. where I'm like really going after a girl, and then I realize, like, I, I don't know why I did that. Like, I, I don't right. actually have any interest in this at all. Yeah, every every guy that's listening to this knows exactly what we're talking about. Yeah, it's the same thing where it's like at people's workplaces, like they're like, "Oh, such and such is she's the prettiest girl here." Well, yeah, but I mean, it is what it is. Like, you know what I'm saying? We're like, also at band camp. Exactly. <laughs> Not that there's anything wrong with that. I'm just saying that those things happen. That's why you have weird flings like that uh, when you're going off to a summer camp, for instance. Yeah. But anyways, I don't know where we went with this. But I've just had like this weird thing with uh, The Incredibles for a really, really long time that I just didn't really care for it. But honestly, I haven't seen it since then. So because it's an animated movie, my niece and nephew, I guess, were aware of it. Maybe they've seen right. it on the commercials or whatever. It's beloved. And- well, the Incredibles, the toys are the Happy Meal toys now. So oh, really? it's like that was just one of those things that they wanted to see Incredibles too. So we're standing there in line, and I asked my nephew, I was like, "So have y'all seen the first one? Did y'all watch the first one?" And they said, "Yeah." And I was like, uh, "What's your favorite character?" I was just kind of asking him about it, and I quickly realized he, he doesn't Spider-Man. know Spider Man. He doesn't know what the hell he's talking about. He's well, I, yeah, I he's think a, he's a kid. He's like seven. I remember seeing Pocahontas. I remember seeing Lion King. I remember seeing all that stuff in theaters. I don't. I just think it's weird. So uh, I, again, quickly realized he has no idea if he's actually seen the first Incredibles. And then I realized that he doesn't even know why he's there at all. It's just something to do because he's a kid. (laughs) So uh, the other two sets of kids were there and they were like, yeah, we watched the Incredibles last night. And I asked, I looked at my aunt and was like, oh, you all watched Incredibles last night? And she goes, yeah, and they started talking about. They were like, "Yeah," uh, they started explaining the plot to me because I asked them about like Frozone and things like right. that. They explained some kind of plot involving a young boy needing to time travel with a dinosaur, and they. I said, "That's not the Incredibles." <laughs> what? And I'm telling you, I had not yeah. seen the Incredibles at this point. Of course, but we know and exactly. Th- there's not a I dinosaur. I said that's not like the Incredibles. A man goes, "Yeah, it was. We watched it last night on Netflix." <laughs> no, you didn't. I know it's not on Netflix and I don't even have to look. I said that. Right. I said I don't even have to look and I know for what a fact. What movie was it? I know for a fact Incredibles isn't on Netflix. And so she was like, "No, we watched it." Like she made me feel stupid, the movie guy. She made me feel stupid. And I'm like, "You clearly just I was like, this is a movie about superheroes, not 
a time traveling kid with a dinosaur. For everything that you're talking about right now, just replace your movie conversation with vaping, and that's the exact okay. conversation to have with yeah. vaping people. Sometimes. So she made me feel stupid to the point, and I'm looking back shocked that I ended up doing this. But I I went on Netflix and searched The Incredibles. Right. Obviously, nothing comes up. Yeah. But it does. You know, with the Netflix related search, they give you related films yeah. in there. The first result was Meet the Robinsons. Do you remember that movie? Yeah, of course. So I asked Connor, my nephew, I was like, are they talking about Meet the Robinsons? Because he had, had he had said something like, I've seen that at daycare too. Mm -hmm. That's what it was. So right. my aunt just put on a movie thinking it was The Incredibles. Right. And she had no idea what it was. And so I dealt with that. And then again, the movie pass conversation. It was just a bad day. What's your aunt's name? <laughs> Donna? Huh? My Aunt Donna. Shout yeah. out to Aunt Donna. I love Aunt Donna. She's um, like a TV mom. She's great. Let's take a break, and then we'll come back, and we'll preview uh, Drake's Scorpion, and we'll talk a little bit about this Beyonce and Jay-Z surprise album. Are you excited for that conversation? Okay, we'll be right back. We love all of our sight and sound listeners. Now, I'm saying listeners with extra emphasis because if you aren't subscribed to the Sight & Sound YouTube channel, you're missing out on a huge chunk of Sight & Sound content. Ryan is holding it down with all of his movie stuff. I've got album reviews and retro reviews. We've even introduced some new video shows as well. Ryan and I are both doing trailer and music video reactions, and I just introduced a new music discussion video series called Sound Off. Go ahead and complete the Sight & Sound content cycle and subscribe to the Sight & Sound YouTube channel. Link in the description box of this podcast. We in this. We out here. What's, uh, what's the likelihood that you'll ever get into death grips? Zero percent chance. <laughs> uh, yeah, so... Crazy music week um, this week. And actually, you know what? Fuck it. Uh, this whole month has been absolutely insane with music. And Okay, on to the next topic. So let, let's talk about this Beyonce and Jay-Z thing first. Weirdly enough, in terms of the record, there's not a lot to talk about. It, again, and this is just my personal opinion and taking the temperature of everything going on, like a lot of these other albums, it kind of just came and went. Not a lot is being said about it. And I saw a lot of people raving about it absolutely. On, on the, Twitter. The, se the second that it happened, the second that it dropped, first of all, let me just say this. When it came out, I was so worried about it because I thought <laughs> that this was going to be a title exclusive, much like Lemonade. You still can't. The only way you can listen to Lemonade is you either have to have title or you have had to have bought, bought it on vinyl. Um, or just bought it in general. Right. I do own it. I own Lemonade. But I thought that this was going to be how this project was. This project called the Carters, um, or that's what their group together is. And I was ready to just rip this thing a new one for being uh, an exclusive album. I mean, people were asking me my opinion, like, oh, my, what are you going to say? What are you going to say? Well, like it, it, the next day, it ended up being on all streaming services, which I think is a good move. I think it's a cool thing that it's out there. Man, I think it exists. It's sort of hard for both of them because they're both coming off of very artistic endeavors, very artistic albums, especially Lemonade. And this was just a pretty straightforward project where they wrote some songs, 
they sang them, they said some things. <laughs> that's that's really it. There's not a lot to take away from it. Um, the only thing I will say about this project is it's a little bit refreshing to hear this on the back of all these Kanye produced albums because it feels more thought out. It feels more um it feels more like a full project than those others do and it feels like they actually spent some time with it how many songs uh this one was nine i believe eight or nine i think nine songs um yeah it it just it felt like they had spent more time on it and it was very very apparent and that was a nice breath of fresh air but still like none of the songs are really overwhelming singles like i think there are some that could work as singles definitely as opposed to the kanye stuff no singles coming from this i mean right there might have been but n- no smash hits no crossover things and this might have something like that um that's really all i have to say about it what what's your take on hearing about all this well i mean i was annoyed i was actually intrigued by the project okay i mean that was something when i first heard it <laughs> when i first heard it announced they now have like, a trilogy they right so they have three albums about their relationship together right the beyonce album lemonade 444 by jay-z from his right. perspective and then now their sort of reconciliation kind of a cool little thing yeah i was intrigued by the idea i love the premise i mean i was super excited when jay-z and kanye did that thing together um, it's the most for you thing that's come out this month in terms I was of the say, hip-hop that, projects. that was my next question so far so I was annoyed when it was untitled because, again, I wanted to hear it. Thankfully, came to Spotify. Right. Um, and Apple Music. Yeah. I don't know why I haven't listened to it yet, but <laughs> because I, I was intrigued by it. Um, would I like it, though? So you um, think I will like it yeah. more than any of this? The, the kids see ghosts? 100%. Stuff? 100%. Okay, there, it's, it's more digestible. It's more straightforward. One of the aspects of it. So, okay, I guess I will break down. I haven't reviewed this yet. I need to review it. Um some things that I took away from it is I think it's awesome that these two individuals are at the top of this game and they are, you know, they're almost 50. Like, well, uh, Jay Z is definitely getting up there. She's about to be 40. I think she's closer to my age and, but they're in the later years of their career, at least the midway point of their career, but they're still doing things very, modern like she does a song she basically i say she this is mainly a beyonce album okay it's a beyonce album and jay-z sort of features on every song like on the bridges or is he like he doing just the has verse? a verse yeah so is it like yeah. an Eminem, songs rihanna? really don't have bridges is it an yeah. Eminem rihanna type situation where it's just a lot of ballads where he's rapping the verses and she's no the chorus, no not at all hook? not at all in okay. fact there's only like a couple ballads on this project okay which is a little bit more where i like to be with beyonce stuff in fact before i go on to this point that i was going to make the opening song on this album is i believe it's called summer or summertime fantastic song there is no way in hell that Frank Ocean did not write this song for her. They've worked together in the past. Frank Ocean has worked with Jay-Z in the past. Jay-Z was just on Frank Ocean's uh, standalone single, Biking, last year. I I know, I've listened to so much Frank Ocean. I know his melodies. Yeah. I, I know his approach to songs. There's no way he didn't write this song. In fact, there's no way he didn't write another song in this album. Um, but one thing that I find interesting is that they can still do stuff like that. They can still work with these other artists as opposed to somebody like Justin Timberlake, who's still working with fucking Pharrell. Actually, <laughs> actually Pharrell worked with them on this album too, but, and Timbaland is just, right. That's a whole other thing. But 
one of the most fascinating songs on this record is sort of their approach to this new modern pop trap music that's going on with the likes of Migos and and this and that, which the trap beats at Post Malone, uh, those beats are great. Like that's the thing that I celebrate about all this pop trap stuff where I get away from a lot of that genre is just the lack of artistry. It's just the same thing regurgitated. Yeah. But man, does Beyonce spit some absolute fire on this thing. Straight rapping, out raps, really? out raps Jay-Z on this project, absolutely kills it. And she's dabbled in that before a little okay. bit. Yeah, but she killed it. And to hear her, awesome. hear her do that on this song is fascinating. The thing that worries me about Beyonce and Jay-Z is their status in pop culture and in music is just of this upper echelon. I mean, they're go- going to be a billion-dollar relationship and they own businesses i mean they're ceos like they have right. more aligned with like tim cook at apple than anything else and i feel like and i've i've criticized jay-z for this in the past but i feel like they're so unrelatable and the the fuck you power that they have that they talk about and making these money moves is i just i like that celebration but it kind of just comes across as just something that I can't even really fathom. Yeah. I mean, I don't think you really listen to any artists that there aren't a whole lot of artists that do something like that, but could you see that being a problem for you? If you were just listening to them rap about just shit that like, would it be interesting to hear a CEO rap about the things that like you just have no concept of? Well, it, it, it's funny because we spent a lot of time watching Gary V content and a lot of his content, it, it's, a, it's a window into a world that I know almost next to nothing about. I was, I was watching it for an educational purpose, and I think that's the difference. Right. Whereas with my music, I want to hear the blues. I want to yeah. hear people with their heart on their sleeves. I want to hear about problems that yeah. I have. I don't want to hear songs about uh, money and girls and things like that. I, want, I need sustenance. And... Wow, that might be sustenance for him. It might be his release, but like you're saying, you're ultimately asking people to, you're asking a large group of people to follow along with something that very few have ever done, very few people have ever felt in their lives. So in in that sense, it's just, it's a lot harder to to get on board. But the the weird thing about it, though, is because, again, you're talking about people that some of the most famous people in the world. Mm -hmm. So it's not the case for everybody, it seems. Well, I think that's where the artistry really does shine through. And I think, uh, you know, they've at least had this, these relationship issues to sort of break down. And that's, I think something that people can relate to for sure. But I mean, Kanye West obviously doesn't have the same style or type of, um, you know, financial success that they do, but, he definitely has the ability to just rap about shit that nobody has any idea what he's talking about, but he typically reverts to mental health or his relationships still. And I think that's him being a more relatable artist. My biggest criticism with Jay-Z's Magna Carta Holy Grail, which I think is a legitimate bad album, is the <laughs> fact that he just, I mean, he's rapping about how he has the power to bring back the Concorde jet, which is a jet that doesn't even exist anymore. And that's what he's going to fly around the world on. It's like, bro, I don't give a fuck about you bringing (laughs) back some airplane. 
I don't care. And like rapping about like wearing Tom Ford, it's just like, that's not even a cool brand. Like it's a cool brand because it's really high fashion, but nobody cares about you (laughs) wearing Tom Ford. I don't know. Tom Ford directed a movie. I know he did. How weird is that? Have you ever, did you ever watch it? I never watched it, but I've always wanted to. Yeah, me too. I'm having to pick up the microphone to get my dogs out of this room. Why don't you want them in here? Because they, they're fine. It could be chaos. Yeah, you're at right. At any moment. You're right. I guess it doesn't really matter. Yeah, just leave them be. Okay. They haven't been on a podcast in a while, Jay. <laughs> so, um, with all that being said, it's Scorpion season now. All right. Drake's new album, Scorpion, uh, drops next, well, the week that you guys are going to be hearing this. And I have a ton of content planned. Um, I was thinking about doing some sort of sound off episode for Drake. And I was like, what can, what can I talk about more big picture? So I went to Spotify and I looked at his release dates and guess what? This year marks 10 years of Drake. Really? Isn't that crazy? That is crazy. 10 10 years of this man being on top 10 years of this man just putting out hit after hit after hit. He's had his ups. He's had his downs for sure. But so that's what you're going to get from uh, the sound off is just celebrating 10 years of Drake and talking about 10 years of Drake. Also have a Scorpion album, full album preview coming. We're going to talk about it a little bit here. Also have my uh, Drake albums rank that I'm going to be doing and a retro review for if you're reading this, it's too late. So be on the lookout for that on the YouTube channel. Let me just ask you, I'll kick, I'll kick it off with this. Where does Scorpion resonate with you? How much do you need Drake, especially in this month of just massive hip-hop artists releasing albums? So of all of all of the artists that have come out the past month or so, Drake yeah. is is my favorite. Well, other than Mike Shinoda. I'm mainly talking about the Kanye's and the Jay-Z's. Yeah, the who's who. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Since, uh, since the Post Malone album, I guess right. you could say it's the most interesting artist uh, for me personally uh to to come out i i'm not excited in the sense that i haven't gotten myself amped up right um i haven't been following much of anything we've had conversations on here about drake league up to it kind of but i'm not feeling the temperature if you will but it's something that i'm gonna listen to as a matter of fact i might be here and and i want to watch you uh hear it for the first time because that happened when uh What's your McCall came out? More life. More what's, life. What's your McCall? Yeah. So, so um, I uh look, I I have no I have no gauge for it. Mm-hmm. All I can say is that uh I can't wait to hear it. Because right. hopefully there's something for me on here. Um I don't think there there hasn't been a specific sound that's that's for me. I like a lot of the hits. Again, going back well, to the twenty one pilots thing. Let's let's run something down real quick, because I am curious of this just as being as the most general general casual fan um that you possibly can be for drake drake is a very versatile artist he can do a lot of different things and and you've talked a little bit before about what you do like from him you like more of him going hard you know the sort of rap drake and we know he has the ability to dive into some slow jam regions of things the more r&b also he can put out a pop hit like hold on hold on we're going home um, also some dance stuff like one dance. 
a song, the songs that are a little bit more tropical vibes, like the Passion Fruits, the One Dance, even like Hotline Bling to a certain extent. Like, where do those fall with you in your interest level? I love Hotline Bling, right? Uh, Passion, which, Fruit. which sort of is more of like a, it's a mix between that that vibe, but also a pop song, just so in general. When Brando was here, we sort of talked about. Well, we talked about my algorithm, but we also mm-hmm. talked about like we also talked about what makes a song a song to me, right? And um, that's just some kind of structure or identity that makes sense to me is the easiest way to put it. And passion fruit colors inside those lines. Like yeah. Passion fruit is an example. It's a catchy of, song. Yeah. But, and, and our, honestly, it's the song that stands out to most for me on more life because I didn't really connect yeah. to that album because it's not my Drake, if you will. But whereas something like a Galchester on that album, which you probably heard before with heard it, but I, doesn't yeah that's probably more the drake that you like just him going i mean as i mean that song is fucking hard and it's it's really in your face right yeah so like uh big rings like i like that you kind of really me. i like that kind of stuff it's off of um, the worst album that's sure i'm just saying that's what i mean it's yeah. it's mainly just been his good for me with drake because i haven't Jumpman. always been on board yeah I haven't always been on board with just entire albums. Mm-hmm. I haven't been able to listen to an album of Drake's front to back and, and enjoy it in the way that I just enjoyed Mike Shinoda's, the right. way that I'm learning Post Malone's. So uh, it's just it's just been sort of a, a hits relationship with me and Drake, uh, but I really do appreciate him as an artist. But You ever spend much time with, if you're reading this, it's too late? No, not a lot. Which is the strangest because, you know, without spoiling my list, it's... I don't know if it's renowned as the best Drake album, but oh well, the best Drake album is "Thank that. Me Later." <laughs> I don't know if anybody thinks that except for you, but that's okay. I like a lot of the songs on that. That's album. okay. Um, listen, I think that's okay. I think your heat meter is actually warranted, and I think a lot of people would probably share that, including myself, for the sole fact that we don't we don't really know what he's going to do. We've sort of run the gamut of everything that he has done or could do. I don't really know what new territory there is to venture down. In fact, me personally, what I want, I don't really want him to go, go explore. I I like the idea of exploring new ideas and new sounds, but at this point we have so many different styles of Drake that it is hard to really have a cohesive body of work. That was what plagued views so bad. Is there going to be a push a T song on this? I, is, I don't there, know. Is there any logical sense for holding out and releasing it, the track on. on the album? I, he might, but I think he should just move on. It's um, just in his best interest. But the singles that have come out for this, Nice For What, uh, a little bit more of an experimental sort of expansive song from Drake, reminds me of older Drake, also reminds me of Kanye West production, which is a very interesting uh, thing. And then you have um, I'm Upset, which is, it's a, the song is fine, but it's, by no means should it have ever been a single, and it's probably only a hit now because of the video, the the Degrassi yeah. music video, and this yeah. and that. But that's really all we have to go by, other than a report that one of his friends said that this was the hardest he's ever heard Drake go and the most angry he's ever been, which is fascinating and yes. interesting. Um, yeah, I'm just I'm just really unsure with with what it is that we're going to get. What I will say, I think this is. Probably it's probably a little bit unintentional, but this is such a smart move for him to put this album out when he is. It's it's such a a really really good play because, like I've already said, this entire month, as big as it has been for hip hop for the people who have released albums, I personally don't think 
any of it has crossed over. None of it. Not one thing. Maybe somebody's talked about it. Maybe somebody's, you know, been interested in it. But for the crossover major audience, it's not going to have a lasting appeal. They're going to talk about, oh, remember those crazy parties in Wyoming? And that's going to be it. Right. Drake is going to come out with a full-length album, which we haven't. I mean, the Jay-Z, Beyonce thing was kind of a full-length album, but it's probably going to be more than 10 songs. Is is everybody going to forget about all this Kanye stuff as soon as Drake comes out? Drake is the only one of these individuals who is going to... It's not if, it's when he, he has a song in this album that's going to be a hit. That's going to be a number one hit. If it's a number one hit and everybody's listening to it, nobody's going to give a fuck about what this other right. stuff is. That's why Drake has so much power. And that's why it's so important for him to release this when he's releasing is it. He, is he the last one this summer? Like, is he the last of the big artists I don't know to about, release something this summer? I don't know about this summer, but just just having it be in June is important enough, right? Well, he came after all of, you know, some of the biggest artists Exactly. Of all time. I mean, unless, unless Gambino releases yeah, yeah, one yeah, or yeah, if yeah. Chance has one, like, in the pocket... Or if out of nowhere, Kendrick is just going to be like, I went one in on this action too. Right. Then maybe. But those are the only people that could even play in this same arena right now. Okay. Um, I'm excited. I'm intrigued. Again, I think it's a a smart, smart move for him to be doing this. I don't know what we're going to get. More than anything, I've been holding out for a a more artistic Drake, a more thought-provoking Drake, and... Um, a more thematic Drake on his albums. He tried to go there with views because he said that it was it had themes in it, but all it really had was the songs sort of one song bled into another, and that was as far as it went. But I would really like to see him not play it safe a little bit because that's all his career has been is safe. But I'm very, very excited. I uh, hope you guys are too. Did you take off work? Um, it do you comes still out need the to do 29th. Which is next week? It's Friday. I might, I might just, yeah. I think I'm probably gonna take off work. I was gonna say, I think you have to. I've got, I've got like 85 hours of vacation time right now. Yeah, you got to take off work. I might, I might do that. No, might. This is what this podcast was built on, Jay. The idea that we take off work. You know, I've, I've only done that once. But there's only been one album from Drake since we've done this podcast. That's right. That's true. You set the precedent, but you made that joke a million times. But it that that joke started with uh sorry. The joke started with it if you're reading this, it's too late. Did it? Yeah, way back oh, in the day. Oh, right, right, yeah, right. When, yeah, the joke stemmed from pre-podcast, but right. we upheld it on the podcast. Yeah. You should I, listen to that album. Which one? If you're reading this, it's oh, too yeah, late. Oh, yeah, well, I mean, I've heard it. Right. Um, <laughs> that's the one that starts with legend. Yeah. Right. Um I'm going to take off work for uh, the PS4 Spider-Man game. Oh, yeah? When does it come out? Well, games come out on a Tuesday. I think it's the first Tuesday in September. On a Tuesday. On a Tuesday. I'm going to take off for Red Dead Redemption 2 as well. I'll tell you one one person (laughs) this year who's supposed to be having an album come out who we just, I mean, we're never going to know. We're never really going to know if it's going to happen or if it's not. Me? Is Frank Ocean. And, uh. I'm interested to see what happens when he releases an album because he's the type of artist that a lot of music sort of stops. Um, so it'll be fascinating if that happens too. Anyways, let's uh, let's move into something else we want to talk about next: Mu- uh, movies, TV. Yeah, let's talk about movies because I think it. I think our TV discussion is going to kind of be wild and just yeah, a, a bunch be- of short tidbits. 
Because, what can we remember to talk about? Right, That'll exactly. Be what it is. Just because nothing, nothing's really going on with TV. TV is and yeah, TV is lacking a little bit this yeah, year. Yeah, we'll we'll get to that. But I want to talk about uh, movies. Um, obviously, the biggest thing that happened this week. It's very timely because you and I have talked a lot about Star Wars. A lo- a lot about Star Wars. The story so, broken by Star Wars Collider. Had, Star Wars has become. Uh, it was weird to get to. Is it was weird to see or hear the watch have to reference collider in their podcast why is that it was just strange it because the world's just because i don't i'm convinced collider has just has no idea what the ringer is <laughs> that was weird one time when uh when i heard Stu gotts read oh yeah a story from collider yeah i thought that was really really strange but anyway um yeah collider broke the story and Star Wars, when it comes to discussing Star Wars, it's become similar to the DC universe. I, I'm, I mean, remember all the times when DC movie news would come out and you and I would look at each other, discuss, like, talking about, like, before the show, if we should actually talk about this DC news because it would just be redundant. Star Wars is kind of like that now. Yeah. Or it's like, in we didn't actually talk about it beforehand, but... In the back of my mind, I think to myself, do I actually have the energy? Do I do I actually want to talk about this on air? Because it's just kind of exhausting. Right. Uh, but here we are talking about uh, the fact that Lucasfilm is putting a hold on the solo. Uh, I, should say, I shouldn't say solo. Standalone films. The standalone films. The Star Wars anthology films. They're putting those on hold indefinitely. Um. I I was very disappointed by by this move. So I think I I wish that people would just relax about Solo. Yeah. Because people are deciding that they don't want to see it, even though I think it's a quality film. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that there are a couple of reasons. Uh, I think there's a couple of reasons why Solo didn't perform as well as it should. I, I think it just comes down to the marketing and the trailers and just right. the, the build-up to it. Like, I don't even buy into the fact that we're not ready to see two a year. Yeah, I think it's just the fact that they handled it poorly. And it's it's just disappointing because they made this one instance determine that, like, okay, maybe so, standalone So you're of films, that mindset. You're, you I, are of it. the mindset that it's react uh, as a reaction to Solo. I am of the mindset that they could do a Boba Fett movie and release it next August. And without all of the the behind-the-scenes stuff, because that's a way to save money, without mm. all of that and with a better marketing push, it would be like this solo thing never happened. I, I am I'm <clears throat> convinced. Until other Until... Somebody tells me otherwise. I'm convinced so, that, that that's it. So I think I think this is big picture stuff. Um, I, I I was on record saying this a, a few weeks ago. I think when we were talking about some of the solo. Okay, the dog oh. can't get out. Oh. Figure it out. Fix fix the dog. It can't be trapped in between your legs. All right. So that's how you're going to play this. Okay. So I, I, I went on record. Dolly. Dolly, just leave. Okay. She at least made room for you. Um, I went on record last or a few weeks ago when the solo stuff came out, the box office quote unquote failure, uh, as saying that I think one of the biggest problems with Lucasfilm is that they just don't know 
not only does the audience not know specifically what they want, but I think on paper they just really don't have an idea of what direction things are going in, especially when you compare it to something like another Disney property like Marvel, right? As a big company, Marvel or as a big company, Disney has to look at Marvel and say, we're buying properties so that we can replicate this, right? We can only continue to grow at just this rapid speed. If, if the properties that we're paying big money for can work in the same, not a carbon copy of what this property is doing, but in the same vein. And as Mark Fernandez, a collider put it in the podcast that he did, it is a downward trajectory in terms of success. It's not massive. It's not a massive downturn. And in sure. fact, the, uh, the lowest opening Star Wars film still did better than most movies will ever do. Like let's right. let's not paint a picture. But when you're playing in the pros, if if everybody's throwing a hundred plus mile hour fastballs and you hit ninety nine, the lowest one's got to get cut from the team. And I think, but when you really do compare the two, Star Wars just doesn't really have a road. Like it doesn't have a road that it's going down. Can they put out a Boba Fett movie? Absolutely they can. And will people go see it? Absolutely they will. But no one's really quite sure where we should be putting our eggs in baskets. Um, the thing about this, I don't care that they're not doing these anymore. We've only gotten two, right? I mean, I don't care either. I mean, I was thinking a lot about, I was thinking a lot about, a sequel to Solo. I mean, I would, I would want to yeah. see it. They set it. They set something up. It could go in multiple directions. I would have been on board with that. I was on board with Boba Fett. I was on board with Obi Wan. Yeah. And there's, I think a lot of people were. There's probably a few other characters that I haven't considered. I, I but, would be on board with some of this stuff. And I guess I'm of the mindset that they could just do that in addition to everything else. And you're, you're right that there are. There are signs out there yes. that say that they aren't they aren't doing this the way that the MCU is handled, but it's like not that, that it has that, to be. That doesn't yeah, I was gonna say that doesn't necessarily mean yeah. that they're doing anything wrong. And I think one of the biggest problems when I try to, to defend the point that Star Wars is fine, the biggest problem is that they hired JJ Abrams to do episode nine. Mm-hmm. Because that undercuts my entire entire argument. So if you walk back before that announcement, and we we're just discussing the the let's say let's say we saw the Last Jedi before they announced JJ was coming back for Episode Nine, right? Because that was announced prior to the right. release. I. I'm thinking about my reaction to The Last Jedi, and I was thinking to myself, he's eating some kind of paper or something. It's fine. He eats things all the time. I was thinking about... He doesn't have hair on this back. My reaction to The Last Jedi when it came out was before I knew that everybody... Was freaking their shit, yeah. This, it felt like a natural progression. Okay. Now, those two films, looking at them now, they're wildly different. Yeah, yeah. To me. But... As I'm watching The Last Jedi, it felt like a natural progression. It felt like I was watching a season two premiere to the season one finale with the battle on Starkiller Base. And I liked the direction that it was headed. But now the argument, because they're going back, because there's backlash, because they're going back to J.J. Abrams, now everybody points out that they didn't have a plan 
But there was a point where I thought it was working. Right. Well, I think there's so let's let's if we continue to to use MCU and Star Wars as these two totems without comparing them for the obvious thing of like shared universe and all that stuff. I think it comes down to the fact that MCU you see those behind the scenes videos, you see those 10 year videos, those retrospectives, and it seems like a big family, right? Star Wars has been marred with tons of controversy since it's taken place, right? Right. And a lot of companies do are, are like that. The things that Star Wars has undergone movies happens with movies quite frequently. Does it? Well, maybe not. That's a good point. So, no, I don't think it does. Uh, that's why I think a lot of this is a bit of a big picture. When you start stacking all this stuff on top of it, as Bob Iger, as an owner of this stuff, has to look and say, what are we doing? Let's look at this a little bit different. Here's the silver lining. Here's he was apparently the one that got us in this situation. Well, of course. Of course he was. But, I mean, he's – if he's Well, the, not of course. No, I don't think – Well, if he's the owner of the team, well, he's no, going I to be – Well, no, I don't think – no, like specifically, it was Bob that kept Solo in May. Right. According right, to right. reports. When Kathleen, Kathleen Kennedy gets all the shit for it. Right. Um, I mean, she – Kathleen Kennedy might be the person that decided that she wanted to make each episode film on a film-by-film basis without, like, the continuing thread – but apparently to hire the uh the talent and the, in, the inexperienced directors right. things like that and and i i'm yeah i'm not saying that that's not kathleen kennedy but there were apparently she still wanted this to be out in december yeah which is the smarter move of and course apparently, yeah. and apparently bob kept it at may right which doesn't make any sense to me if there like if there was an actual like I didn't necessarily care either way, but if there was a discussion about that and they chose May over December, mm-hmm. that doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, I agree. So there's a little bit of that. Kathleen Kennedy gets a lot of the hate, but we haven't even considered the fact that Kathleen might be on our side and we're forgetting that Bob can override her with some bad decisions in retrospect. I mean, yeah, it's possible. I mean, anything's possible in that regard. The, there's a silver line to all this. I was thinking about this a lot today about the state of where things are and where they can go. And let's have a little bit of fun. So I, the word is that they're right now they're focusing on episode nine and obviously the TV show is well in motion and this and that. Thinking about what we've gotten so far, how long have we had Star Wars back? Uh, Well, Force Awakens was 2015, but you know, Christmas Day was in 2012 right. when we found out Disney was buying Lucasfilm. Right. So we've gotten four movies, right, up until this point. And that's not a lot. It's not a lot of damage, quote-unquote damage, to undo. With the saga films, if we look ahead and we go forward, what J.J. Abrams and Ryan Johnson have already established is honestly a blank slate to do whatever you want with because at this point we have the 30 year gap, which can be explored and this and that. And apparently we're going there and uh, the TV show JJ Abrams, as many people have put it is a master. And I agree with this is a master at creating mystery boxes, right? He creates great mystery boxes. One of the criticisms 
one that Christian threw out, and I don't think it's completely unwarranted, is that he's not quite sure how to solve the mystery box. He sort of gives it off to somebody else. However, with Ryan Johnson, what he did with The Last Jedi, he demolished the First Order down to zero, right? Bert, pretty much the down resistance. To, the resistance. I was going to say First Order is in control. But, 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 so yes, the resistance, but the First Order is as volatile as it could ever be. It's run by a ruthless, quote-unquote, dictator who's maniacal and out of his mind. We have no idea how well of a leader he is. Could be in shambles. Two sides at zero with a completely blank slate for the future. And who are you bringing in to close out the trilogy but also build a mystery box completely going forward? It's J.J. Abrams. If you look at Marvel, 10 years of Marvel... J.J. Abrams built a mystery box on Lost that lasted, what, six seasons? I think it's. I think we have the pieces to do something great wherever we go from here. I don't think J.J. I don't think he would ever accept the job to be head of, of Lucasfilm as much as we would want him to. I don't think he would ever do that. I don't think J.J. has, has anything regarding post-Episode 9 in his head at all. Because he's concluding that trilogy, um, but you don't things- you don't think that there will be a mandate now because of what's happening? Because they're saying we have to focus here and we need to figure out what's going it, on I with our it, brand. I think episode nine and the task at hand that JJ has. I think he is only worried about that movie. Of course, I don't think there's anything at the end that will obviously set up something specific, right? Like, okay, I mean, and I'm not talking about like, okay, the first order is obliterated by the end of episode nine which means in episode 10 we could have something else like obviously that's always going to be the case but what i'm saying is i think he's tying things together i think he's going to put a neat little bow on it he's not worried about all that other. let me ask you this question though and and plus all of the other announced (laughs) do we want happening in parallel do we want what jj wants for Star Wars, I don't think I do anymore. What do you mean? I I love I I love the ideas that JJ comes up with, but I honestly, man, I don't. I, people were bringing up some great arguments. Like I think it's cool, and I think it's fun that JJ got carte blanche essentially to make the Force Awakens, and Ryan Johnson got carte blanche to make the Last Jedi. But the fact that if you believe the reports that there wasn't a lot of communication and we weren't quite sure what specifically the goals were between the two individuals, like I want the story group to be involved. I want the story group to be a a part of, I know they are, but, but I don't want somebody to just make a third star Wars movie that they would want to make. What the fuck is their different or the difference between them doing that JJ Abrams doing that. And some guy on Twitter that wants to remake the last Jedi it's experience, right? I don't want that. I, I, one of the reasons Marvel is so successful is because they have so much IP to farm from to create this stuff, right? What we have moving forward with star Wars doesn't exist. It just doesn't exist. Like, we need someone to help write this story. There's still, uh, I, I, no. I mean, you can say that about. Past episode eight, nothing exists. Well, I know, but that doesn't mean that you're acting like it's hard to just come up with anything unless there's a comic book 
that's not that what I'm predates saying. predates it. But it needs to be figured out, right? Most good stories have the endings written first. I mean, I don't think. Well, they, that's why I went back to JJ. I know, exactly. If, if he had all of this stuff in mind, so I'm confused about what you're saying. But because- why why invest this much money in Star Wars and doing all this development if you don't want to move forward? And if you want to move forward, you need to know where you're going. I mean, yeah, I agree. I mean, I don't I don't think it always has to be that way. Right. I think we are in a position where we found ourselves where we're like, well, maybe we would prefer this. Yeah. But Oh, of course. And, and that's the th- and that's what's actually great about DC, Marvel, and Star Wars is that quality aside, they they all operate differently. Yeah, for Co- sure. Completely different. And that's okay. Um, Star Wars has set this precedent. They're, they're the only they're the only company that has a multimedia canon, multimedia canon. Mm-hmm. No other universe has that. Right. Marvel's comics and movies they they don't tie into each other. They just influence each other. Um, so in DC doesn't work like either, either of them either. Um, I have to ban the dogs. So, so anyway, my point is that I appreciate the differences of all of these universes and all of these studios. So on paper, if you were just to say that Lucasfilm, go get out of here, Lucasfilm isn't going to entirely plan their entire trilogy until it goes bad. I'm I'm not going to say that that's a bad idea. Does that make sense? Yeah, I mean, it, it definitely makes sense. We're only but, saying it now because it could be better. It definitely makes sense, but uh, again, I'm sort of reiterating conversations that have been heard in other places, but that's fine because well, I don't think all of our audience has, has heard this. I think one of the best things with Marvel, be, and we have to keep going back to this because it's the only thing that exists like it. It's the most successful thing. Period. It's the greatest franchise to have ever existed. That can never be debated, ever. It's it's too successful. It's the Drake of, of, of franchises. <laughs> Hotline bling. Anyways. Uh, Why was that so funny? Because it's just so absurd. Um, <laughs> the... On... What, what movie was it? Was it Avengers or Hulk? When... I guess it was Hulk when... Tony Stark comes in at the end and says Avengers initiative, you know where things are going. And I, I just, man, I just think if I'm spending that much money on something, they tried, right? They tried, we'll do this, but we're going to mine all this stuff in the past. Well, and it's, it hasn't failed. It it hasn't failed. I'm thinking about lost right now. So a lot of people who have a problem with that show or just want to criticize that show in general, they always go to, they didn't have it all planned out. That's okay. And my reaction to that is I don't I don't always believe it um entirely. Like, did they know every beat? No. Because they didn't right. change things on the fly. Well, they he, decided that Nikki and Paolo was nothing, so they killed him off. Like there there are things that they did on the fly, spoiler alert. But ultimately I think they always had some <laughs> yeah. idea, at least at least like around season three. Because right. that's when they found out the show had three more seasons. That that could have been when they decided what the actual ending was, and that's fine. But when I when I look at Lost and someone says they didn't have it all planned the the entire way, my reaction is for one, I don't think that's true. But even if it is, then they did a fucking good job. Yeah, and with that. But you also so 
again, it's not black and white, right? It's not either they have everything written and it's being done to a T or they're literally changing it every day. There are things that exist in the middle, right? It might even be something like a Game of Thrones, right? People weren't responding on TV to the stuff going on with the Martells and people just weren't that interested in it. And they shifted the season's focus around to accommodate for stuff like that. You can do things like that with, I mean, George Lucas himself did that in his original trilogy. Originally, the sec, uh, after A New Hope was supposed to be something completely different from what we got in The Empire Strikes Back that's been documented. It's it's okay to to figure things out as you go as long as you have a path. And I just think judging by the two movies that we've got, I like them. Um, but it just seems like certain things weren't really figured out the most, the best way they could have been. I think about Marvel Marvel's had a couple of duds in terms of, and what I mean by duds, I don't mean like terrible movies. I just mean like run the mill, mediocre, mediocre, lackluster at the box office, but there's always another one that that's, that's why I'm convinced again. And Christian even spoke about this on Jedi council. He talked about audiences being forgiving. That's why that's why I hate that it's reactionary because I'm still not convinced that they couldn't put out Boba Fett next August, a year and two months from now, and with better trailers, better marketing, an incredible vision. Right. If it was Mangold, like it's like <clears throat> there's always just the next time, and so I don't think that. Well, we'll look at DC, right? Ha- we saw with our own. Oh, I'll just poke myself. <laughs> yeah, we you saw so with you didn't, but our own eye that I just poked myself in. We saw the conversation shift after Wonder Woman came out. People were like, yes, we're on track. Justice League. I mean. But no. Well, I mean, no, to your point. I think you made the wrong point there. It's the fact that we got BVS, Suicide Squad, and then Wonder Woman. That's what I'm saying. The the negative conversation was centered around the falling apart. You're saying Wonder Woman got us excited about Justice League. Exactly. It flipped the, the, the tide. And I think I think you're right. I think that's a, a very important point to make. And just like any sports team that is ha- might be winning games, but the fans don't like how they're winning or how they're playing, sometimes the coach has got to go. And we've talked about this with the Kathleen Kennedy stuff because that's essentially what I'm referencing. But I think from right out of the gate, Star Star Wars in the Disney era just never had – a po- an overwhelmingly positive conversation behind it. Never. Every time you talk about, even if you really like The Force Awakens, we still have to talk about how there was another Death Star. I mean, or it, it was it's, a, it's made me despise the fandom. Right. It's but, made me despise the conversation. And, and we can talk about, we're not, we shouldn't talk about that because that's been beaten down into the ground. But, they have a point to some of that stuff. I mean, I'm not saying that some of those criticisms aren't valid, but I don't ever remember having anything like that with a Marvel movie. <laughs> like nobody was complaining that there were, you know, things were different. From I, I mean, I think part of that is just because, because Star Wars. And that's why I wanted to yeah, tear down. Bit. That's why I want to tear down the monuments. That's a little why, bit, yeah. That's why I try to remind people: Star Wars is like everything else. We we know this. Star Wars can be bad. It just so happens that I don't think it's bad right now. Right. Um. It, it's funny how 
again, I do think that this is reactionary. It, it's funny to see Lucasfilm be as reactionary as they are right now. I mean, it feels like they just took a harsh left turn, even though I might be overreacting because it's not like it'd be. I guess it would be a harsh left turn. It's they, not like they didn't episode cancel, nine is canceled. <laughs> well, I was going to say they didn't cancel Ryan Johnson so far. Yeah. They didn't cancel Benioff and Weiss. They didn't cancel the TV show. The only the only thing is that we aren't getting these movies that were up in the air to begin with. Yeah. But because it's so reactionary, just because because it happened a month later after Solo, it's funny how quick they pulled that trigger when it took DC forever to realize they were just making bad movies. Right. And it's also weird to see how it's it's crazy because a lot of people online defend DC I see a lot of people hate on Star Wars online. Yeah, but there's a lot of people that defend Star Wars too. I know. Right? I know. I mean. And I guess maybe maybe part of the problem is that me saying that I'm actually just putting on the pedestal the the voices that don't sound like mine. Well, it's a lot more, it's a lot less romantic and fun if somebody tweets at you and says, hey, wasn't The Last Jedi great? Yeah, it was. Actually, I love it. I, I cheer, I'm sure you do. I'm sure you do. Praise the last show. But how much longer do you spend getting pissed off and right. debating somebody that says Last Jedi was trash? Um, man, I I think I also think the last, and this is the last thing that I've got for it. I think it is a a smart move to to do this now because we've talked before because we touch on the TV stuff as well. We know how much time people spend with TV. We know how important and crucial it is. Uh, my TV experiences, as much as I love music, my TV experiences of getting to watch a TV show with a group of people and discuss it with people and celebrate it is my favorite thing in pop culture. That TV show is going to be so crucial and it will stay longer in people's minds than anything else Star Wars has ever done. And I think it's an important thing to get this trilogy done with, get the TV show out, take the temperature then and see where we go. Again, to sort of counteract everything that I've said, <laughs> when it when it comes to <laughs> when it comes to there's always the next thing, whatever the next movie is, whatever the next show is, what whatever it is, the next Star Wars thing, it could be so good that it causes me to forget all about this, right. and then and then I'll look back in five years and be like, you know what, I'm perfectly happy with everything else that we got. It's fine that. I waited 10 years to get the solo sequel and, and that'll be that. Um, I do think a lot about, I do think a lot about <laughs> if some of these star Wars fans had the reins of this franchise, I know that that sounds absurd. And I think I've made this point on the podcast before. It's like, I don't know if I want those people star Wars. Cause it doesn't sound like it makes any sense. <laughs> and it just sounds like it just sounds redundant, I guess. Um, hopefully it just doesn't go in that direction. Yeah. And again, I, I would, I'm probably just pulling the trigger way too fast. I don't think Disney, I don't think Lucasfilm, uh, is that reactionary to the point that just because some people hate this, like Kelly Marie Tran isn't being recast as Rose. Right. Um, nothing like that is happening. So I'm not going to act like it is, but as far uh, as we know, Ryan Johnson's still getting a trilogy. Right. As of this moment. And I, and I certainly hope that that's the case. Yeah. Because I don't think solo, I don't I don't think that at all justifies or warrants a firing. Right. 
uh, of Ryan Johnson. Um, did you have any other movie stuff before we get into the TV? Yeah, I got a text while we were talking from our buddy Matt Wilson. Oh, yeah? And Are we going to see Jurassic whatever this is? He just texted me and said, what the hell am I watching? <laughs> so two things. For one, I'm shocked. I'm absolutely shocked he went to go see Fallen Kingdom in general. He's hate but, watching. But on opening night as well. Now, the biggest difference is. His boy Trevorrow is indirecting this, which is fine, but he still wrote it. He's, he's doing the next He's one. still responsible for, yeah. for this movie in some capacity. And he hated the direction of the franchise in general by Jurassic World. Here right. we are meeting up with Chris Pratt and Bryce Dallas Howard yet again. I don't know why Matt Wilson, we've talked about him on here before. He did Matt Wilson like Last Jedi? No, he did not. Really? Interesting. Really. So I got that text, and I, I can't preview, I can't review Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom, really, other than uh, it's getting a lot of mixed reviews, more so than the first one. Yeah. And I I have flipped, flip-flopped my opinion on, on Jurassic World quite a bit. Uh, I am on board with everyone who says, like, it, it's nowhere near as special as Jurassic Park. Right. It's, it's a different movie, though. It's a different movie. It's, it's a commentary on how movies are made now. Like even the even the context of that film, even even what that film is about, I think is a commentary on blockbuster filmmaking, and I think that's one of the most clever things about it. Actually, um, I have I have gone back and forth a lot. Yeah, when it comes to my opinion on Jurassic World, I watched it the other day, and I think it's a good movie. I'm trying to think of it like like Star Wars, yeah. whereas it doesn't have to be as precious. I don't have to be as precious about the original trilogy. It can just be its own thing. And I'm trying to look at it that way. Characters are thin, no doubt about it. But I, I, I can. Do you just want to re-review it on on the YouTube channel? Maybe you're giving me your 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 retro. Review? I mean, that, that's all I really have to say. Yeah. is that I I enjoy the film. You've I updated like it. your opinion. I think yeah. it's inter- I think it's very watchable. I think the lead characters are are pretty thin, and I I don't care for uh, I don't like how glossy a lot of it looks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it looks too clean, too neat, too fake. Yeah, in a lot of areas. Uh, but overall, if you took away the Jurassic Park name, took away that movie in, in general, I think that movie would come out and right. and uh, it's a good blockbuster. So there's that. I. Uh, I'm not really feeling the temperature for Fallen Kingdom. I will see it in theaters. Uh, I don't know when yet. I probably haven't even seen it at the time that you're listening to this. But I do plan on going to see it before Ant-Man and the Wasp comes out. And maybe I'll do uh, an official review on Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. I haven't updated my opinion on it. I probably need to do so before I could speak with any sort of certainty. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't have a heat meter for this. <laughs> it doesn't doesn't exist. I'm probably going to end up going to see it because Kayla will probably want to go see it. She's a big, big Jurassic Park fan. I'm a big Jurassic Park fan in terms of the first movie. Absolutely. I thought it was great. Um, yeah, I just don't. I don't know. It, it's a it's a weird. It's just been a weird concept to see what was a blockbuster movie already be turned into what we know and love and come to expect of blockbusters today. 
Um, I just don't know if that works for me particularly, but again, I would need to update my opinion. When on When was the last time you saw it? In theaters? Yeah, when we saw oh, it. Oh, really? Yeah. Yep. That uh, it, I think the funniest thing about the Matt Wilson thing is that's just been like a common bond. Like I have friends like that where we don't really have anything in common, but we have one thing in common, <laughs> and it's the one thing that always comes up in conversation. In fact, I just saw somebody at the grocery store uh, earlier today that I have something like that with, and I just... I know. wish that Matt gave me a heads up. I don't know if he's in town doing this. I don't think he is. I wish he would have given me a heads Jamaica. up, and we could have had him review this movie on the podcast. For us, <laughs> so he didn't have to do it. And but With, your, with his GoPro? Based on the fact... That, yeah, right. Uh, multi-cam based purely on the the hope that he rips it to shreds because i would love i would love to see that happen yeah you got anything else for movies or you want to talk about some tv stuff uh we can talk about tv yeah there's not a lot to talk about um i told you during our break that i um cloak and dagger has bubbled its way to the top for me because as i heard on the watch them describe it as uh marvel's version of like friday night lights which to me uh, you mean the best television show of all time isn't that what you thought the gifted was gonna be um i'm not just gifted i've watched one episode it was it was pretty good and um yeah i just i don't have i don't have tv like i don't have cable or that's fine you know so it's hard for me to watch stuff like this get off my back so by the way my mom just cut the cord i'm glad you brought this up my mom just cut the cord and she got stressful dir- time. She got direct TV now, which is what their, is that? It's their subscription service. Oh, their boy. their live TV. Here we go. It's their sling. It's their YouTube TV. Why are you saying there you go? It's just the thing. Well, n- well, I think it's. I've been thinking a lot about this lately. I mean, we're about, as consumers, we're about to embark on this weird. We've always wanted a la carte, right? We've always wanted it. I wrote a paper about it in college. How supportive I was of it. But because of I'm gonna I'm gonna call bl- eh, not really blame, but because of the studios, I think we're entering this weird world of exclusivity, and a lot of people are going to have to make some very tough decisions on what they do and don't want to participate in. Obviously, for something like uh, over the internet streaming uh, service, like live TV streaming service, like YouTube TV this direct TV thing, like a sling, it's different than people like me who just have, you know, Netflix and HBO and Hulu and this and that. But it's going to be, it's going to be hard. I think going forward because we don't what want the hell are you talking about? I'm talking about, I'm talking about exclusivity and streaming services. Where did that come from? You just brought up her cutting the cord and I said, it's a tough time. And you said, why? And I'm telling you why. I mean, I was just going to tell you about direct TV now. I don't, I don't want to hear about it. How? Where did this exclusivity conversation come from? I just told you it's a scary time for consumers. You asked me how, and I explained it. I'm explaining why it's a scary time. I just didn't sense that. I was just going to tell you that she went to DirecTV now. Yeah, it's tough. It's fucking hard out there. I don't know. I don't know how I'm going to afford the Disney streaming service. I think you just wanted to make that point. It's fine. Absolutely. Wanted to I make just that don't point. see how, where it came from when I was Everybody there. needs to be scared. Regardless. How are you going to do that with that dollar store uh, money? I have more fuck you money than anybody in the group. Is that true? 
That was your take. Oh yeah, that was my take, and it is true because you bought a PS4. Because you've hacked your. By hacked, I mean you've just you know you live at home, and that's really that's fucking right. smart. I wish I could do it. Yeah, definitely. Um. Anyway, we cut the cord, and uh, well, let me tell. You, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um. It was it was cool. I mean, I didn't, I wasn't going anywhere with this really, other than I, I think it's just the sign of the times. Especially, I finally got my mom on board because I am teaching her how to use the Chromecast and beam it to the TV from her laptop, and I have to have all of those conversations, and it's it's been just awful. A lot of but, fun. Okay, but I, uh, but anyway, I what I was getting to, uh, I, I think there's actually to go back on some how you open the the, the portion here. There's, there are things to talk about, but we find ourselves in a position where we just don't have a lot to say about them because, like, today, we are recording this on a Friday. Luke Cage came out. You and I are just kind of looking at each other like, Oh, I don't fucking care. We have nothing to say. I just, no, I just don't care. And it, but it's a massive reality check for me because... Yeah. <laughs> Did you watch any of Jessica Jones? Watch all of it. Okay. Every bit of it. I didn't hear a word about it. But that's part of the problem. Did you do a review on it? No. Okay. But I think that was back when I was uh, down in the dumps. But uh, quit pointing out when I don't make content. You do that all the time. Can I think longer than most people, I was defending these shows to everybody, to my friends, to you. And, and, I still like the seasons that I defended. Yeah. But I hate I hate that I'm in the same boat. Only because I wanted to appreciate these shows so much, but similar to what we were just talking about with this franchise stuff. One after another after another. I've seen this downward trajectory and it's like I just don't think what they're doing works anymore. Yeah. Um I just don't. Arrow on the other hand. <laughs> I having a lot of fun. I mean, it's like I'm not excited. Iron Fist doesn't have me excited at all. Luke, Luke, I'm just, I didn't feel any heat for Luke Cage. Yeah. Other than like, yeah, I hope it's better than the first one. I liked parts of the first one quite a bit. Um, but it wasn't one of my favorite shows of the year and just kind of, it was a forgettable show. And the Defenders, which is supposed to be the Avengers version of of this whole thing, not lasting at all. The most, one of the most, Technically, the Defenders is more forgettable than Iron Fist because Iron Fist, I at least remember being angry about it. Right. I at least remember sort of what was going on in Iron Fist. Yeah, Defenders Defenders I mean, just happened, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, I do think we have to point out the fact that um, the outlier here, the Wonder Woman, if you will, is actually the Punisher because we both really enjoyed Punisher. Oh, yeah. And I I love – I won a second season of Punisher really, really bad. That just feel it feels so separate, it even is, though it's yeah. not. I mean, it's man, the yeah, the heat meter left a long time ago for this Marvel Netflix stuff. And I I don't even know how invested it seems like they are. Like I feel like if they were going all in, we would see more crossovers with these shows, more like willingness to introduce more characters or announce new shows. That's just it just seems like it's petering out. So, I mean, part of what's annoying is that I'm pretty much at this point only like really invested in Daredevil and now Punisher, but it's like it just takes forever to make a season 
uh, of one of these shows and to get through one because they're they're putting there's so much in between time like i think daredevil season two which was i loved daredevil season two came out the same year as civil war right and i mean it feels like forever ago yeah i it, mean i it guess it, i guess it's only been one extra year right. uh, it's, it's been two years well we don't get it I don't know if we get it in the end of 2018 or the beginning of 2019, but if if DC can make a season of their shows a year, why the fuck? My, my point is, I mean, it just allows the heat to go away. Whereas, absolutely. Whereas, we have Mr. this problem with movies sometimes. Mr. Robot now. season three is still on your mind, uh, and we're about to come up. We're about to get aimed up for season four. Right. It's like. There's still there's it's like baseball season, like yeah. ba- baseball season will end and it's only a few more months before you're getting well, amped up for it. I again. mean, look, look at Atlanta. Like, I mean, I was hyped on Atlanta anyways, but even for you, you loved the first season and you were excited for the second season. But when it kind of came, you had a hard time getting worked up for it. Am I wrong about that? Um, It's not that it's right. not that. I mean, I've watched more Atlanta than I have a lot of shows that I've like, of course. Watched. I still haven't finished Altered Carbon. I still haven't yeah. watched Lost in Space. A lot of shows that I think to myself, yeah, I would like to watch that. Yeah. Arrest. I haven't even watched Arrested Development Season 5. I think that ultimately speaks to just my viewing habits in general lately, which have not been great. Let me throw something out there. I think a lot of TV is a ball that's rolling downhill and it picks up speed, you know, the further it goes. TV, it hasn't been the strongest year for TV, and I think the heat in general on television is keeping us from diving too far into the deep end. Also, it doesn't help that we just had to force ourselves to watch Legion, which was a bad season of TV. And I think, and this is fine because it's an honest take, that we're being a little picky and choosy with how we're spending our time. Like, yeah, I don't want to force myself to watch a show just to do a YouTube thing about it or just to talk about it on here. I want good TV. And this is the first year in probably two years that we really just haven't gotten consistent good TV. And uh, it's a little bit of a bummer. Um, Yeah, I I don't like it. Yeah, it's, it I sucks. don't like it. I mean, I hate I hate that I'm not like super into television right it's now. It's a big hole to miss in in TV or it's a big void. Um what? What am I saying? It's a big void in pop culture to not I think we forget how much time we spend with TV sometimes in this whole landscape. You can see a movie, you can listen to an album. We spend a lot of time with albums, but TV it's a different level of investment. Well, I just hate how my viewing habits they just seem to be so inconsistent lately. Because one thing, without a doubt, I can tell you right now, one thing that I will fly through is Glow Season 2 next week. Mm -hmm. And the biggest difference between Glow and Luke Cage, for one, less episodes, but also they're 30-minute rounds. So it's like I knocked out Glow Season 1 in one day, thoroughly enjoyed it. I can't wait to watch Season 2. I I know for a fact I'm going to blow through that. Yeah, Um, It's... It's weird that I didn't, again, going back to Arrested Development, it's the same kind of show as Glow, 30 minutes, shorter episodes than, say, Luke Cage. We're only talking about eight episodes here, or ten episodes, whatever it might be. And It's, it's like, a lot more fun. I, I just wasn't, I just haven't, I have not dived into Arrested Development for, for no other reason other than I'm just not watching TV much, period. Well, my reasoning was, one, I didn't enjoy the previous season. Uh, there was a little bit of stink on this season. 
right? With yeah, the, yeah, we talked about yeah, it. Jeffrey Tambor stuff, and then three, I heard through the grapevine that this season wasn't great. So I've yeah, I haven't I haven't dove into it either. Glow for me, um, I'm excited to watch it because I'm hungry for TV. Um, even if I w- that hunger was sati- satiated, I would probably still be interested in it. I enjoyed Glow season one. For me, it was kind of uh, because yet last year was so such a heavy year for TV. It was a show that I kind of just watched it. I, I just watched it and turned it off. It wasn't a big deal. A show like Atypical sort of fell in that same category as well. I don't even are we getting Atypical season two this year? Not that I know of. I don't know. I haven't heard a thing about it, which would be kind of unfortunate, but. Um, I'm excited to see what they do here. I think the first season was was a hit, not just in quality, but I think it, it kind of crossed over. It got a lot of people talking. And, um, yeah, hopefully they've upped the ante a little bit on, on this season. I'm excited to see what they do. Um, I don't have a lot more on TV, do you? No, so I don't. I do want to go back. I, I am watching Arrow, though. Season one, almost finished. I do want to go back real quick to talk about indie film for a second. And I know that this... Okay. This could be a Collider Afterthoughts conversation, but I want to make it the most sight and sound it could possibly be. But <laughs> I have not been great about seeing the big films uh, lately, let alone yeah. I don't think I've watched a single independent film this year. Um, I don't really know the with, difference anymore. With the exception of Thoroughbreds. There's a massive difference between Thoroughbreds and Black Panther. Jay. Well, I know that, but I mean, like, I don't know. Uh, I, uh, if there's a movie that's not a tentpole, you can just say a name. I don't know. Like American Animals. Is that an independent film? Absolutely. Okay. So. Is Creed <laughs> to an independent film? No. Why? Because it's made by a studio. Oh, is that all it takes? Yeah. Independent film, you ha- you have to grind and pull money together to get it made whatever and there's also budgetary differences so you have to grind and get money together to make a studio movie no not necessarily you don't have to grind and get money together for solo in the way that you have to do american animals okay whatever go ahead with your independent film take so there's there's no take what's your take i just wanted to tell people about a couple of independent films that i'm high on and that i'm probably going to review on the channel i'm excited to hear so American Animals is is one of them, starring Evan Peters and Blake Jenner and uh, uh, what's her name, Patty from The Leftovers. Forgot her name right now. She's also in Hereditary. Oh, really? So that was, I liked Hereditary. It's pretty good. You didn't see it. <laughs> that movie is based on um, something that actually happened uh, in our area. It's about a an art heist that took place in Lexington, Kentucky, and you keep calling it art. It's a book. A book, I'm sorry. A books are it's, art. A, it's a book heist that takes place in Lexington, Kentucky. And the cast seems dope. I watched the trailer, and I think we got ourselves a winner, Jay. I, I was very surprised by this trailer. I think it looks incredible. And it just so happens to be, it just so happens to hit close to home. Yeah, so much, so many things with this, because I'd actually watched that trailer already, which was weird. I, I had seen it a while ago. Um, I think it looks really cool. It looks interesting. It it has um, some attitude about it that I appreciate. Uh, I like Evan Peters quite a bit. Had no idea that it was going to be based in Lexington, which is really cool. Um, 
I'm excited to hear your thoughts about it. Then we also have the year of Spectacular Men, which is directed by Leah Thompson, who was in Back to the Future, and her two daughters play her on-screen daughters as well in this movie. Yeah. And it just seems like an interesting coming-of-age film. Uh, the youngest daughter, the oldest doctor, or daughter, doctor, daughter moves away, and while she's gone, her youngest sister becomes a famous actress. So oh, when she cool. comes back, uh, there's just an interesting family dynamic that I haven't, I'm not necessarily familiar with. Uh, but it's the Leah Thompson and her two daughters play the main family, and I I like the premise a lot. Uh, it looks like a Woody Allen film, and I didn't know Leah Thompson was that. Uh, uh, smart of a director so yeah. i can't wait to see i can't wait to check this out i haven't seen her direct anything uh before and uh yeah it just looks pretty interesting and it reminded me of back in the day i can't remember what year it was it was a year it was the most into sundance films it was the year spectacular now came out and adam scott had a movie called acod it wasn't that great uh, there was also one the kings of summer uh that came out and that was just a really great year for Sundance films. I feel like I'm forgetting another one. Uh, right now, I feel this way about some of this stuff. So the year for the year of Spectacular Men also looks pretty interesting. I'm going to check that out. Uh, and then the final one also uh, has a role, and this is the one I want to tell you about the most because uh, Leah Thompson's youngest daughter, who plays the actress in that movie that I just spoke about, she also stars in this Netflix movie that just came out called Set It Up. Mm. And it's apparently brilliantly charming and super good. And you and I have talked a lot about if Netflix is known for making good movies or not. They, the, there was a movie that just dropped today that I'm interested in called uh, Mind on Fire, I believe. Uh, stars the girl from Kick-Ass. Chloe uh, Grace Moretz. Yeah, she has a... Um, She's going through her life. She has a great life, a dream job, and all of a sudden she comes down with some sort of mysterious ailment where she's fainting and having like panic attacks and this and that. And they, what's it called again? It's called Mind on Fire. And um, they take her to the hospital and they can't find out what's wrong with her, but she's still going through all this stuff. And because they don't know it, it to me it looks like a commentary on mental health in our country because they don't know what to do with her. They don't know how to help her. They just sort brain of brain on fire. Brain on fire. Excuse me. They um. My, I like mind on fire better. Let's just go with that. So sounds like an R and B song. It sounds like a sounds like an album title. Um. Basically, it's a commentary on mental health. I think because they can't figure out what's wrong with her, they start doing these tests and sort of just want to put her on drugs and in a mental institution. This other stuff. So it's a the trailer. Look really good. Thirty four percent Metacritic, twenty percent Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, for that so when it comes to that or set it up i think set it up falls more online with what we hope netflix to be yeah i'm definitely going to check this out because i was intrigued by it for sure um I, I saw the set it up trailer and i thought it looked interesting maybe not I, specifically for me i was gonna yeah. say i don't know if, I, I don't think i would ever say that it's like the movie for me right but i definitely want to see a good movie uh a good indie movie and i definitely want to see a good netflix movie yeah so. i watched um uh, I want to spend some more time with, with some Netflix movies. Uh, I watched, I don't feel at home in this world anymore with, uh, Elijah Wood. Yeah. The guy that played Frodo, whatever his name is. Um, and 
thought it was a really, really, really good movie. Like, borderline great. I didn't really... Is that technically a Netflix movie, though, or is it just on Netflix? It's a Netflix movie. It was distributed via Netflix. Um, It's it's a great movie, man. I, I love the humor in it. I love the comedy. It reminds me of, like... If um, the uh, what are their names? The guy, people that did Fargo. Why am I forgetting their names? Cohen Brothers. The Cohen Brothers did like sort of their version of Napoleon Dynamite, <laughs> but it, it it just has this really really weird sort of sense of humor about it. And um, I thought it was a great movie. Cool. Yeah, that'll give us uh, something to do this week. I'm gonna watch Arrow. So. Oh, okay. All right. Cool. Trying to get to that Flash crossover, dog, in season three. It's going to take me two years. Yeah. Where can they find you online? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at WhatUpSnell. And uh, I'm playing Assassin's Creed right now, which isn't the most streamable game. But I, I've got a PS4. And uh, I don't know. I might I might have to get Battlefront on PS4. I have, a, have it originally on Xbox. But I might bring it over and uh, have something to stream for you guys. And I will... Of course, tweet the links out to that so you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram uh, for that kind of stuff. And also join the Sight and Sound Facebook group because it's the most immediate way to not only find out what Jay and I have done, but also talk about it with other people, other like-minded individuals. Uh, so definitely definitely join the Sight and Sound Facebook group if you have not already. A link to that is in this very description. You can find me online, Twitter and Instagram at Jay Williams. Jay, the, the Y, the E. It's the same for both. Also on our YouTube channel, I've got, uh, I did a bunch of album reviews over the last week. I've got a bunch of album reviews coming. I've done like four today. And then an abundance of Drake-related content coming up so that you guys can share in the excitement for Scorpion season along with me. I'm excited to hear it. And I've got so much additional content keep you guys entertained on the lead up i think that's all we've got he's leaned back on the turd looking couch and i'm gonna get the hell out of here because i think i have to to drop a a deuce he's chewing on a straw all right we'll see you guys later bye-bye